On this episode, I make a Star Trek reference that's hard to Spock. And I am freaking out right now. I can't wait to tell you about it. My name's Taylor. Hi, I'm Chris, and welcome to episode Ocho. That's eight. We did it. Wait, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a surprise. All eight fingers, episode baby. eight, baby. Um, Commander Roll Reversal. We are a YouTube channel. We build decks. We swap them. We play. We talk about it. And hopefully there's somebody out there listening on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube, on the internet, because this is a YouTube channel. So please remember to like, subscribe, and... If you don't share, I'll be sad. I, I'm not telling you who to share it with, but if you don't share it, I'll be sad. Don't make him sad. I'm going to have to deal with him the whole night. It's, <laughs> yeah, it must be insufferable. <laughs> In the past, you'll have to deal with me. <laughs> well, uh, we will be sure to include the Moxfield links to the deck list in the description below, but let's jump right into it. The commander who won gets to go first, and that commander was Taylor this time. I was the commander. We were playing uh, human yeah, tribal. Human tribal, two generic, one white. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Prosper Tonebound won this matchup. He was a two generic black red legendary creature, Tiefling Warlock. With Death Touch, uh, Mystic Arcanum, doesn't do anything, just flavor text. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play that card. Pact Moon, also doesn't do anything, also flavor text. <laughs> Whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. 1-4. Uh, we played Prosper, baby. <laughs> yeah. Was that a Simic deck that you were playing? Okay, way to steal my joke from the end of the episode, <laughs> oh, no. Chris. It's fine. Forget about it. <laughs> uh, I did write in the show notes that it is kind of a meme at this point because there's been so much treasure support. There's been so much like exile matters for red and black yeah. specifically that it does feel like the new Simic, but I don't care because it's fun to play. <laughs> Uh, when you do ridiculous shenanigans. More specifically, ridiculous shenanigans that are set up by a card called Bergy, God of Storytelling, which is two generic and a red for a legendary creature god. Whenever you cast a spell, add red, one red. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. Creatures you control can boast twice during each of your turns rather than once. What is, is a 3-3. Three, three. What's Boast? I know you're about to ask what Boast is. It doesn't matter because we didn't play this side of the card. <laughs> okay. We played the other side because it's a Kaldheim modal dual face card. Nice. The second side is Harnfell, Horn of Bounty, which is four generic and a red for a legendary artifact with the ability discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. So we'll nice. get into the shenanigans that happen specifically for the gameplay experience at a later date, but suffice to say that the date is later today. It's just going to be later. Yeah. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Just a few more minutes. Um, Prosper cares about exiling things. Mm -hmm. More specifically, plays, cares about playing things from exile. So any type of artifact, yeah. enchantment, creature, planeswalker, whatever, yeah. that allows you to cast things from exile, it, it's a fit. It, yeah. it makes sense in this deck. And the Harnfell Horn specifically, 
I've never been more comfortable discarding cards right. <laughs> it's to get more value. Actual card, well, kind of card advantage. Card advantage for that turn, right? When you do the discard. Yeah. I think Bergy, I mean, you could you could play the Bergy side and, and you know, um, kind of storm off, add that extra red mana. That's, I think, a, a solid strategy. But I think in Prosper specifically, the Horn is, is the better side of the card. Um, it's yeah. also an artifact if some of the win conditions care about having artifacts. It's just one more artifact for that. And it's just getting you treasures it's like it's kind of like quasi doing what Bergy wants to do on the front yep but doing it on the back and gaining you more card advantage too that would be a fun build around exercise find a deck that cares specifically about the artifact side of the mold dual face called on gods nice tune in for a later episode yeah <laughs> i'd play that deck that'd yeah, be super that'd fun be cool uh, but not super friends because that was last week <laughs> <laughs> moving right along to a creature that I particularly enjoyed. Zorn, two and a red for a creature elemental. If you would create one or more treasure tokens, instead, create those tokens plus an additional treasure token. Uh, Zorn is a 3-2. Wow. Um, we heard you like treasure, <laughs> so have marginally more treasure. Yeah. It's it's good to note that it's not necessarily double treasure. It is with like Prosper's um, <laughs> triggered ability. It's double right. treasure. But if you cast something that makes... 15 treasures you're making 16 treasures in that case oh darn darn yeah, yeah. that's the brass's bounty if i've ever seen one. <laughs> oh, my goodness but most of the time it is like most of it is like incremental token creation though right so mm -hmm. a lot of times it is just doubling yeah yeah i think that's what i really like about this deck is each of the cards kind of feel like very key parts to the engine yeah. um you know there is a critical mass of effects that kind of take advantage of the treasure archetype um yeah. which i'll just i won't beat around the bush anymore let's just talk about what everybody's thinking academy manufacturer a three <laughs> a three generic artifact creature assembly worker uh if you would create a clue food or a treasure token instead create one of each <laughs> academy manufacturer is a one three and i only have one question for chris how many uh, how many tokens do you uh, create when you are getting a treasure token off of Prosper, but have a Zorn in play, and then also have an Academy Manufacturer? Oh, one Academy Manufacturer, a Zorn, and you get and you make a treasure token. You would make two treasure tokens, so instead you would make two of each. Is that six tokens in that case? Is that how that works? I think I, it's, it sound the math sounds sound. I think it starts to get really wild when you have more than one Academy Manufactor. Who would ever do that? That would be a terrible idea. My second favorite card in this deck was Sculpting Steel. <laughs> Just three generic for an artifact that reads, you may have Sculpting Steel enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact on the battlefield. We know what you're thinking. Taylor. Why wouldn't you just copy Aetherflux Reservoir? Mm, Why wouldn't nice. you just copy uh, Liquid Metal Torque so you can turn multiple things into artifacts? Well, I'll tell you, it's because I am crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and we like to do math. And I never, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not even convinced that Chris did after this game. But um, this is a warning. This is a cry for help to anybody who would have the misfortune of deciding that they wanted to copy an academy manufacturer with sculpting Oof. steel think twice <laughs> think twice i think it's um nine tokens nine tokens right because the first treasure that you make procs procs both 
of the academy manufacturers to make one of each. Yep. And then one of them resolves, which then procs the other academy manufacturer, which... No, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, this is why it gets complicated. They basically go back and forth. They proc each other, right? The first one procs, and then the second one procs, and that procs the first one to make right. a total of nine tokens. So, but like what happened when I had Zorn out? <laughs> oh, that's when you lost I think me. <laughs> I think that's when I scooped, right? Yeah, that, no, 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 you, you actually you played didn't it give up. me the satisfaction. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I think it's 18. I think it is 18. No. Yeah, I think it's six of each. Right, so nine right. plus nine is eighteen. That math checks out. But only if you're making a treasure token right. in this case, because Zorn only doubles the treasure tokens. If only I had a commander that made treasure tokens. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know if we're wrong. Uh, but we yeah. ran through it a few times, checked uh, the oracle and everything, uh, and I think it's an absurd number of tokens. You don't yeah. need that many tokens to win. Yeah, we'll talk about it in the gameplay aspect of the of the episode. But suffice to say that. Um, you know, Academy Manufacturer by itself is a bonkers card, MVP. Um, especially in a Prosper deck that mm-hmm. cares about treasures. If you build it as a Treasures Matter deck, mm. which spoiler alert, Chris did. <laughs> um, anytime you have more of that effect, it's only going to be exponentially better for mm-hmm. you. Yep. You just win faster, win more. <laughs> I don't think I won faster, <laughs> paradoxically. <laughs> but We spent more time counting tokens than we did actually playing cards. Yeah, that's the dream, right? <laughs> it's not. But I do love Dream Devourer, which is a one and a black for a creature demon cleric. Uh, another call-down card. What a great set for Prosper. Mm. Um, each non-land card in your hand without foretell has foretell. Its foretell cost is equal to its mana cost reduced by two. Um, during your turn, you may pay two generic and exile it from your hand face down, cast it on a later turn for its foretell cost. Whenever you foretell a card, Dream Devourer gets plus two plus oh until end of turn it is an 03. I love this for a couple of reasons. I love this because it is a card in your deck that helps the strategy, but also yep. cares about, I think, the coolest mechanic to come out of last year, yep. which was Foretell. I mm-hmm. love that design space. I want to see Wizards of the Coast make more of it. It's mm-hmm. a really cool effect. Yeah. Black got a lot of the really cool cards mm-hmm. that had to deal with it. I think there was another. Um, actually, no, I don't think. Draugr Necromancer doesn't care about Foretell. It just lets you steal other people's creatures. Yeah, right? you exile them instead of going to Graveyard. Okay. Um, so maybe black's just a mean color. But they did get a cool <laughs> Foretell effect <laughs> uh, in this card because Prosper cares about cards being played from exile. What's yeah. one way to do that if you don't have your artifacts that allow you to do that, like the Horn of Harnfell? Um, mm-hmm. You just play the cards that were in your hand from not in your hand yeah and then make dream devourer bigger uh, which is not irrelevant mm-hmm. yeah it can it can swing in too i i've i've found that um i've played prosper and i've played dream devourer and 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 that it's like the best turn to play that you can make with yeah. with prosper just being able to immediately start foretelling cards and then getting prosper online and getting the payoff um it just really really jump starts the game plan by a lot yeah uh i've also played um a game against prosper where you were piloting it and it it always kind of makes me go (laughs) uh take a second thought uh or a step back because i'm like wait no he definitely didn't foretell doomscar (laughs) right (laughs) 
what is he foretelling? It, it could be anything. Yeah, that's the thing. There are so <clears throat> few foretell cards that sometimes you can kind of guess what it might be. But yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, spoiler alert. It's Doomscar. Cosmic <laughs> Intervention. Anyway. <laughs> We're going Mardu for this build. We're Mardu. Yeah, <laughs> Mardu Prosper. But I digress. Chris, tell me about your deck and tell me about some of those cards. Uh, I'd love to. Yeah. Sfarika, God of Affliction. One, a black and a green for a legendary enchantment creature god with indestructible. As long as your devotion to black and green is less than seven, Farika isn't a creature. Pay black and a green. Exile, target creature card from a graveyard. Its owner creates a 1-1 one, one black and green snake enchantment creature token with death touch. Farika is a 5-5 five, five when a creature but wait i also had a companion on this you list did. that was cool we went with umori the collector two gruel hybrid no sorry two golgari <laughs> hybrid golgari hybrid two black green black green legendary creature ooze with companion each non-land card in your starting deck shares a card type if this card is your chosen companion you may put it into your hand from outside the game for three mana anytime you could Cast a sorcery. That's the errata on companion. Mm -hmm. uh, as Amori, the collector enters the battlefield, choose a card type. Spells of the chosen card type cost one less to cast. Umori is a four-five. So with the companion, with the legendary god commander, this was a god tribal commander deck. Uh, the answer is still no. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was an enchantress deck, a Golgari enchantress deck with a companion. Really, really cool idea. Thanks, man. Uh, enchantments are my favorite uh, type in Magic card mm. in the game of Magic, um, and I loved that. I loved the idea of companions when they were introduced. I know that you know it, it's been a tumultuous road for <laughs> for that mechanic yeah. since its uh, inception. But um, yeah, I, I think I wanted to use that card specifically in a way that wasn't creatures yeah. and at the time uh the and i think still the only non-creature card type that could still be a commander that was legal in those colors was farika yeah and that's how i met your mother <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored <laughs> um yeah, wow. Like, I, I also like Companion. I think it's a really interesting way to add sort of like a deck restriction right. to, right? Which m kind of makes you have to be more creative. But that's the only way Omori can be a Companion in Commander. I, th I think so. That's cool. Well, unless you did oh, like all creatures. Creatures, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Like 37 <laughs> lands and 63, 62 <laughs> creatures, right? right? Yeah, okay. No, this is way more fun. So okay. let's jump into some of the cards. Uh, one of my favorite cards in this deck was Destiny Spinner. Mm -hmm. Destiny Spinner is one in a green for an enchantment creature, human creature, and enchantment spells you cast, you control, can't be countered. Uh, it also has an activated ability, three in a green. Target land you control becomes an XX elemental creature with trample and haste until the end of turn, where X is the number of enchantments you control. <laughs> it's still a land card, two, three. So. This, I forgot about that second ability. Yeah. <laughs> Destiny Spinner is just good. Like in any Enchantress deck, have it making your enchantments uncounterable. Even in like a creature heavy deck, I think like right. Destiny Spinner is just a solid two mana spell. Comes down early mm -hmm. and just, you know, if you have any blue players at the table, they just get real sad. Get rude. Real quick. <laughs> but then you can also just dump your mana into it, making it an XX, making a land an XX elemental creature that's based on your enchantments. That's 
that could get big. I don't have a lot of enchantments in that deck. No, <laughs> no, not at all. It's not like it's not like every card you're casting is an enchantment. Yeah. No, I, I wish every land was Urza Saga, so it could be 100 <laughs> percent a land deck or uh, an enchantment deck. But I digress. Wow, that is cool. If you get a, a thespian stage and copy the Urza Saga, it just doesn't go away. Oh, gross. That's cool. <laughs> don't like that. Yeah, we should we should we should try to puzzle that together. All right. Well, we'll cut the episode here. We'll do it, and then we'll right, come back. Well, yeah, be right back. We're not going to do that. No, not <laughs> at all. The next card I wanted to highlight, uh, since this is an Enchantress deck, you have to include the Enchantress staples, like Enchantress's Presence. Two and a green for an enchantment. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, draw a card. Mm-hmm. This is the type of card in in this type of build that just snowballs and just gets out of control. Every card you're casting is an enchantment, which is drawing you into more enchantments and really, uh, yeah, keeping the train going. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know that green historically doesn't have a lot of access to card draw, so I figured that <laughs> the only way to capitalize on what it does have is build an enchantment only deck. <laughs> no, no, green straight broken. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're in agreement there. Yeah, we yeah, are. <laughs> I love green. It's awesome. Um, and this is the best version of this for this deck because there are other enchantress, mm-hmm. uh, um, but they're on a creature like a non-enchantment creature, right? So right. this one, you, this is this is the one for um, for for the deck, I think. Yeah, thanks, Modern Horizons two for the reprint. Yeah, that was <laughs> came in clutch. Yeah, um, there was a there was a creature in this deck, mm-hmm. a creature that goes by Arasta the Endless Web. Wow. Two a green and a green for a legendary enchantment creature spider with reach. Mm-hmm. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, create a one two green spider creature token with reach. It's a three five. Mm-hmm. Um, suffice to say, um, your opponents are probably going to be casting instants or sorceries at some point. You you get a lot of these one two green um, spider creatures with yeah. reach. If for no other reason to blow up your stuff, and then you might as well get a Consolation Spider, which is a sentence I never thought I would <laughs> say. That's that, <laughs> that's fair. Your your Arasta gets Swords to Plowshares, and it has a 1-2 yeah. uh, Spider left behind. That Yeah, I mean, it replaces itself in that case. Don't be sad. Here's a Spider. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that gift. You can you can take that back. Nope. <laughs> Think about that next time. <laughs> Um, another enchantment creature in the deck that I thought uh, was particularly effective was Doomwake Giant for mm-hmm. four and a black, an enchantment creature giant with a keyword constellation, which is exactly the keyword you want in an enchantment deck. It says whenever Doomwake Giant or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, creatures your opponent's control get negative one, negative one until end of turn. It's a four, six. Yes. Not only a four, six for five, uh, you know, it's it's a relevant. With Omari. Oh, it's only, yeah, as long as you've got your companion online. Good. Check show notes. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Um, this, is a, this is a board wipe. It gets around indestructible. Yep. It's a one-sided board wipe. Um, if you have enough low mana value enchantments and you have something like an Enchantress's Presence where you're just continually drawing into enchantments and you keep, just keep playing them, mm-hmm. it's a one-sided board wipe. And it, and it does get around um, things like indestructible Mm-hmm. Obviously, hexproof and things like that because it's all of the creatures get negative one, negative one. Right. And I had alluded to it at the end of the last episode, but this is where getting clever with Farika's activated ability can come in handy too. You get the constellation nice. effect off of the trigger. If you target a creature card in your own graveyard to mm-hmm. exile, you get to create the enchantment snake token, which triggers yeah. a constellation. And that's a relatively cheap um, 
activated ability it's just uh, green black yeah yeah two mana to do it and wipe the board <laughs> you can wipe the board and you could even just like hold it up until it's an instant speed activation right you could just hold that up until That's you need true. to do it right oh my gosh that also helps a destiny spinner get bigger because those are also enchanted oh my gosh wow <laughs> stop very cool love it that's synergy let's go oh that's awesome i i did want to also call out some of my favorite cards from um commander legends mm -hmm. i think the court cycle yep so good and you included both of them in here so i really appreciate just because that. i know you love them yes. <laughs> and uh, i love card draw so. yeah <laughs> and monarch yeah who doesn't love monarch um there were two in the deck, black and green, Court of Ambition, two a black and a black for an enchantment. When Court of Ambition enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses three life unless they discard a card. If you're the monarch on your upkeep, uh, instead each opponent loses six life unless they discard two cards. Oof. Court of Bounty, two a green and a green for an enchantment. When Court of Bounty enters the battlefield, you become monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a land card from your hand into the battlefield. If you're the monarch, instead you may put a creature or a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So just cheat the mana on some of those bigger creatures. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this was another example of just like powerful enchantments that also had the card draw for monarch mm -hmm. i mean it's a fun mechanic to add into any of the commander games it really is um i don't think i've ever seen anybody disappointed even when i played like some of the more annoying courts because they have the chance for the card draw yeah yeah um it, it adds another sort of mini game to the game you've got to like swing your one one people start making deals so that mm -hmm. they can get the monarch and trade it back and forth and yeah um and then if you end up with the monarch at the beginning of your turn if you're able to hold on to it mm -hmm. you get this huge payoff of the courts right it's like double the effect in, yeah in most of the cases which is really cool double monarch it's getting greedy <laughs> <laughs> Um, so those are the cards I wanted to highlight, Taylor. I'll throw it over to you for questionable cards. Were there some that were in the deck that uh, maybe drew that question mark over your head while you, where you were looking at them? More like a question mark exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that? Interrobang. Is that what they actually call it? Yep. I didn't know that there was uh, an expression to describe that. Yeah. Hashtag Interrobang. Try to figure that out on your phone look at you schooling me <laughs> in life and magic if you want to know about punctuation i'm your guy yeah at <laughs> your handle yeah you can at me hashtag interrobang uh what, what? No, okay <laughs> moving along questionable cards you say chris well there was there were there were two okay, <laughs> yeah Perfect. there was one no um Goblin Engineer, mm -hmm. uh, interesting card. It's one in a red for a creature, Goblin Artificer. Mm -hmm. When Goblin Engineer enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card, put it into your graveyard, <laughs> excuse me, and then shuffle. It has uh, pay red and a tap, pay red and then tap, and then sacrifice an artifact to return target artifact card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. I think this is just generically a really strong card. Uh, any kind of like tutor effect or recursion effect is going mm -hmm. to be you know valuable, especially in a deck that's just popping tokens out. Like, yeah. I don't know what pops tokens out, but <laughs> um, specifically artifact tokens. Yeah. Uh, like an Academy Manufacturer. <laughs> but more specifically, I was wondering why this was on here just because 
uh, it says specifically return artifact card with mana value three or less from your graveyard. Mm-hmm. And Karn Silver Golem is a five generic legendary artifact creature golem <laughs> that reads whenever Karn Silver Golem blocks or becomes blocked and gets minus four plus four until end of turn. One generic target non-artifact creature becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness each equal to its mana value until end of turn. Karn Silver Golem is a 4-4. It's a 5 mana, so you aren't going to be able to <laughs> bring it back with uh, with the ability, so I'm just trying to figure out why you have <laughs> You actually got me with that. <laughs> I'm not even disappointed. <laughs> that was just a solid got him. Yep, can't reanimate Karn with that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. But if we want to know really why Goblin <laughs> yeah. is in the deck, um, it's specifically four cards like Academy Manufacturer, three mana value um, artifact. Of course. Um, for the um, uh, the other card that you mentioned that copied, uh, Sculpting, Sculpting Steel. Steel. Sculpting yeah. Steel is another great, that's like the great, the great target because it targets any artifact on the battlefield. Not so. just your own. Yeah, good um, point. And then, but I think really the, the, Biggest reason was actually for Sensei's Divining Top because that's right. one of the combo pieces in the deck. This uh, particular deck. You built a combo deck. Uh, I mean, go figure. <laughs> combo player builds a combo deck. Uh, this is the classic Sensei's Divining Top Bolus's Citadel Aetherflex Reservoir, which just lets you um, cast Sensei's Divining Top from the top of your library and um, gain more and more and more life to then pay it off with Aetherflex Reservoir. So it's a three card combo. All the cards are good. I, I like how you casually dropped that as like the classic combo like it's not the most degenerate thing that's been invented in magic since <laughs> it's not i just like giving him a hard time don't tell him i'm right here <laughs> he's not <laughs> um but you're right you can just sacrifice a treasure token and then get back your three mana back or a food token who uses those yeah that's what they're there for they're there for combo (laughs) engineering he's hungry feed that guy yeah (laughs) maybe you were onto something with the union (laughs) was that on camera no definitely wasn't (laughs) (laughs) whoops (laughs) that was a pre-show talk yeah pre-show talk moving along to current show talk let's talk about why you would ever do this and include Uba Mask, a four generic <laughs> artifact that reads, if a player would draw a card, that player exiles that card face up instead. Each player may play lands and cast spells from among cards they exiled with Uba Mask this turn. You'll you. Yeah. <laughs> that one's really, really hard to play around as as somebody who was on the receiving end. It's so much fun in Prosper because you want to be exiling the cards and playing them from exile anyway. Uh, you know that's that's one of the main themes, but yeah, that it really hurts your opponent's strategy, um, especially if they're trying to draw cards, right? If they cast a draw spell, right? It now reads exile those cards, and you can only play them this turn. It was very telling to me <laughs> that even though you knew it was in there and you put it in there because it's powerful for Prosper strategy, when I played it in one of our games, you were visibly uncomfortable. I was shaken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was to the core. Ugh. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I don't know how to beat this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a worst to Fury's puzzle box. Like worst to play around, Mm -hmm. I think. Because that at least that's oh my god, partner that with Teferi's puzzle box. Yeah, I think just exile seven cards. (laughs) (laughs) Or however many cards in your Yeah. I think it kinda locks you out like most Teferi's puzzle box combos. uh, Combos. This one works well with 
Draineth Magistrate too. Uba Uba Matt. You just can't cast any cards. We are going Mardu. Yeah, we are. Gosh, I love it. <laughs> Mardu Prosper <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, well, thank you for indulging me, Chris. I know that we had a little bit of a side tangent there in the middle of, <laughs> of the, the segment, but um, the conclusion of this segment means that we now get to did you talk get about me? my questionable <laughs> cards. <laughs> I had a couple. <laughs> Let's hear <laughs> Roll reversal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were a couple cards I wanted to, to bring up just to, to um, because I think they belong in the deck. They definitely fit the enchantment theme. I was just trying to puzzle through, puzzle uh-huh. box through how, how exactly to make them work the best or what you kind of had in mind, what mm-hmm. you envisioned, including these. So the first one was Myth unbound mm-hmm. two and a green for an enchantment your commander costs one less to cast for each time it's been cast from the command zone this game whenever your commander is put into the command zone from anywhere draw a card mm-hmm. hmm. so that is a card <laughs> <laughs> so it's an enchantment it fits the theme it, it definitely i think this card can see some value especially with commanders that are like kill on site commanders that you're going to be recasting mm-hmm. a bunch but it seemed to me with farika that was going to not be the case <laughs> oh yeah because farik is indestructible huh? yeah, yeah and not a creature most of the time <laughs> you make some valid points chris <laughs> well i think i included it because it was a green enchantment i had never seen before that cared about commanders specifically i thought that was a pretty cool include yeah. and it was an incidental card draw like you're right. not going to be recasting farik that much though to your point right yeah however like this is a deck that cares about the graveyard. You could want to sacrifice your commander too. That's like, true. That might work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like this is also an example. I think too of when when you are building a deck and you find cards and then you play the deck and you can get to see how they actually play out. You might either find oh this card doesn't have as much energy, or maybe there are those cases where you are doing like aristocrats with your commander and you right. want to recast it and draw a card because it actually helps you replace the commander too oh that's true you know now that you say that i'd have to go back and look at the list and see mm-hmm. how many sack outlets if any there were yeah there were there were a couple there were a couple yeah. okay mm-hmm. well intentional <laughs> thank you <laughs> to see it yeah not Bones. a question card <laughs> a success <laughs> awesome uh, another card that i found in the deck that um wanted to bring up here was Agent of Erebos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had never seen this card before. Um, but Agent of Erebos is three and a black enchantment creature zombie with constellation. Whenever Agent of Erebos or another enchantment card enters uh, the battlefield under your control, exile target player's graveyard. It's a 2 2. <laughs> <laughs> I love graveyard hate as much as the next one. I. What so? What did you? What were your thoughts of, on this card? I have I have a couple, but I mean, I wanted to play rest in peace, but in an enchantress <laughs> Golgari shell. <Nice. laughs> that was the best way to do it. Yeah. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I did try to include um, pretty much any enchantment creature that wasn't a vanilla body. Yeah. Um, I did try to include it, and that did seem like a powerful yet relevant effect. Yeah. Um, I mean. If it sticks around on the board for a while, it might be a little redundant that it's exiling everybody's empty graveyards because of the sheer velocity of enchantments that are entering the battlefield. But But um, you've also incidentally cleared all of your opponent's graveyards, which can be relevant to... Much to their chagrin. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that this is... There there are other um, black, black X uh, enchantress Mm -hmm. cards now, like... um, there was one from Kamigawa with the Toad Rider. I'm forgetting his name. Oh, yes. Um, I forget the name, too. But it does create a toad, and it 
like you play an enchantment and it's a drain effect yeah exactly yeah. so i think like you know black enchantments like this is a great example of a black enchantment the one thing that kind of occurred to me within the farika deck was that you may like you already have the graveyard exile from your opponents but you may not want to use that because they're getting the the um the the snake tokens so I, when I was thinking about the card, I thought about it as like a little bit of a non-bow, but then again, you could have Agent of Erebos on the battlefield, exile a creature card from your graveyard, make an enchantment snake creature token, and then exile your opponent's yeah. graveyard. So yeah. it's actually a really, really good card in retrospect. More of a sequencing thing. Yeah. But yeah. I, that was also definitely planned. <laughs> thanks buddy really good ones man yeah Yeah, that was that was cool thanks for for sharing that with me i um those are the two cards i had questions i think we can get to the best part of the video oh my gosh the suggestions that are unfair to make because the cards didn't exist when the decks were made but i'm gonna suggest them anyway what a preamble can you just make the chapter name that (laughs) we do chapters now we do do chapters we do do check them out they're in the description yeah they are they are um we don't do sagas though <laughs> because i don't know that was a terrible segue i'm just gonna tell you some cards that i want to see you play in their deck nice let's hear let's do it um i think to start i liked uba mask so much that i wanted another uba mask effect nice. so i recommended urbrask heretic praetor the new phyrexian praetor that was just released in uh new capenna mm-hmm. uh, it's three and a red red uh, for five mana value total, uh, legendary creature with haste. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn, instead they exile the top card of their library. They may play it this turn. Uh, Urbrask is a 4-4. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think this would just be a fun build around yeah. as a mono-red kind of Uba Mask commander, but I think it's a little bit more of a... F- it's like Uba Mask light. Yeah. It's like a fair Uba mask, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, you gain value out of it because you get the exile, yeah. um, which then triggers procs, uh, Prosper, but also you still get your regular card draw yeah. for your turn. That's huge in Prosper, for sure. Yeah, and then uh, your opponents just get <laughs> inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really puts uh, opponents in a tight spot when they're not expecting to have to cast cards mm-hmm. on an impulse like you do in a, in a Prosper deck or in a lot of red decks. Right. right? Um, yeah, I think that um, Urbrask is maybe not the strongest new Praetor we've seen, but I think no. he's I think he's got his his homes and Prosper could could definitely be one. I could definitely see that card. Yeah, I mean, just if you want to double down on the most miserable effect to play against. <laughs> 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 um, no, but in all seriousness, I I do think it's cool that they're revisiting the Praetors um, um, with the new sets and Urbrask. I'm just looking for an excuse to put them in any deck. Yeah. I think they're all cool. Uh, what but happens next? What happens next is containment construct. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, it's a two generic artifact creature construct that reads whenever you discard a card you may exile that card from your graveyard if you do you may play that card this turn Mm -hmm. Um, this is just another um, effect that allows you to kind of get a second life out of your cards Mm -hmm. you did have some incidental discard more importantly turning that discard into playing cards from exile to trigger prosper um one that came to mind immediately was magmatic channeler which is one in a red for a creature human wizard as long as there are four more instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard magmatic channeler gets plus three plus one uh it has an ability which is tap and discard a card exile the top two cards of your library then choose one of them you may play that card this turn that's a one three 
that's just one card that you have yeah. that worked with this. When I first put Magmatic Channeler into the deck, I kind of hesitated a little bit because I was wondering how good it would be, but it turns out to be really, really good right. in Prosper. And this is that's a great example um, containment construct of of a card that synergizes really well with it um, and any other discard effects. There's a lot of them in red. There's like a lot of looting and things that you can do too. Yeah, I think I think this type of a card allows other kind of plays on the Prosper effect to exist. Like to your point, um, black red madness is a thing right so if you wanted to do sure. like a madness take on prosper this is another card mm -hmm. that you could have in here that might help that um and just get more exile value out of that that's cool yeah um you know not every card in your deck is going to be a madness card right right so and then even when you do discard a madness card you may not be able to to play to, it to for... play it so um Oh, but you still have to play it this turn anyway, right? With right. Yeah, but I, I definitely see where you're going. There are there are absolutely Rakdo strategies they can take advantage. That's such a cool card. It's an uncommon from Kamigawa, but like, yes. yeah. It's... Love that uncommon support. Yeah. Secret command? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving along to, to kind of a, a, a similar suggestion in the in the way of auxiliary artifacts uh, that propel the strategy. Mm -hmm. Geist Flame Reservoir is two and a red for an artifact, uh, another newer artifact from return to return to return to Innistrad. <laughs> Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a charge counter on Geist Flame Reservoir. Uh, it's one and a red to tap and remove any number of charge counters from Geist Flame Reservoir. It deals that much damage to any target. I mean, you have a few, a handful of instants and sorceries that, mm -hmm. you know, this could eventually get enough charge counters on it to be relevant, but the main reason that it, you know, appealed to me for this deck is the second activated ability of also pay one in a red and tap, exile the top card of your library, you may play that card this turn. Nice. So it's just another artifact that gives you more access to exile card advantage or yeah. tempo. Which is great. I mean, red definitely, there there are a few of these. I mean, there's a lot of the, the effect in red, but there are very few, like, good ones. Mm -hmm. What's the mana value for? Three. Uh, so three mana value right. is two and a red. So it comes down, like, pretty early, and then you can sink the two mana into it to start exiling cards from the top of your library. Right. I think it's a pretty good one. Yeah, um, I think sequencing-wise it might make sense, because, yeah. I mean, you know... Uh, Prosper's four drop. Right. You know, worst case, if you're not playing any fast mana, you drop this on three, you then play Prosper, and then you've got the pieces there to immediately start getting the exile. Totally. Yeah, you're getting the Prosper exile, and then you're getting another exile with this one. I think it's good. I mean, it's five mana for one card, but then um, I think because it comes down early, it, it, it builds a value over the over the game right over the course of the game and yeah, i think cool. it, i think it, it also gets a pass or it's a little easier to evaluate it favorably in a prosper deck because even sure. though it is five mana for one extra card i mean you're creating a treasure token or multiple treasure That's tokens fair. every time so it's actually and like you're gonna get your return on investment quicker than you would anticipate yeah imagine exiling with prosper casting it your next turn creating a treasure token <laughs> <laughs> so now it's only a two mana spell yeah no it, and, and then every spell you cast you're getting a treasure token so it's actually only one mana to activate ridiculous yeah so that's where like the simic value really builds the up the simic rakdos value <laughs> <laughs> we did it and it wouldn't be the conclusion of my part of this segment without a completely bonkers ridiculous recommendation Ooh, cool. that is also a newer card mm -hmm. Reign of Riches, three red red for an enchantment that reads, when Reign of Riches enters the battlefield, create two treasure tokens, innocent enough, the first spell you cast each turn 
that mana from a treasure was spent to cast has Cascade. Oh. <laughs> um, cascade, when you cast the spell, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. You may cast it without paying its mana cost. Put the exiled cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. That is a sweet card. Yeah, that is really, really... Um, that's exactly where you want to be with Prosper. I mean, Cascade, yeah. you could go Cascade Tribal with Prosper. That would be like another way to build the Another bag. build, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'd love that it immediately gives you the treasure tokens. So with my two Academy Manufacturers out, it's already paid for itself. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just also getting that additional Cascade trigger anytime you spend treasure, which you will always have if yeah. Prosper is doing the thing. You really do. It yeah. just means that you get a, like a guaranteed Cascade every turn. Like, that's pretty cool. Just put one of your treasures into whatever spell you're casting. That's all you need to do. Yeah, whenever you cast a spell this turn, or each turn. So you could even hold treasures up for instant speed interaction and get a tra oh. Cascade trigger on another player's wow. turn. Wow. Love it. Really Chaos cool. Chaos Warp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you would cascade into for that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of two-drop. Let's go. But all my talk of treasures and tokens aside, Chris, let's get down <laughs> to what really matters, and it's your suggestions for my jank enchantment deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, I love those suggestions. Yeah, those were some real, real good ones. Um, hopefully, you. I can... I can uh, come anywhere close to what you, you're, you suggested, He's so... being bashful, folks. <laughs> Well, we talked about aristocrats. We talked about getting our commander dead for that value. <laughs> Just getting any of the creatures <laughs> <Okay>. dead, <laughs> um, so that we can exile from the graveyard. Make the make the um, make the snake tokens, the enchantment tokens there. So there was actually a pretty decent sack outlet in Kamigawa, which you would not have uh, had access to when you built of this deck. Of course, it was in <laughs> uh, Dockside Chef. A black mana for an enchantment creature, human citizen, pay one and a black, sacrifice an artifact or creature, draw a card. It's a one-two. Okay. Wow. So, it's a card draw and a sack outlet. Yeah. It's um yeah, exactly. It's you do have to pay one and a black, so it's not a free sack outlet like mm. you know we generally want to see. But it is an enchantment creature, so it it fits in the deck. Um I know that we have we want to keep Umori around, so we need that enchantment type. Um and yeah, it's it's a great way to get some uh some some uh, card draw while getting your creatures into the graveyard and then using Farika. I love that. I think I might have remembered seeing seeing it actually as a card option when I was looking at mm. things to update this list with. Right. And I, you know, part of me was like, oh, but it's not a free sack outlet. We've yeah. been conditioned to to not <laughs> see the value in just anything actually being able to sacrifice something. Sure. So that's a solid include. Yeah. Especially when your commander is indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get it in the back of the command zone. Yeah. Uh, in those uh, rare cases. Um, all right. Another enchantment creature that occurred to me uh, is Nyx Weaver. Uh, Nyx Weaver is one, a black and a green for an enchantment creature spider mm. with reach. Um, we've got a spider uh, sub theme here. Spiders. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of your upkeep, mill two cards. One, a black and a green exile Nyx Weaver return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. It's a two three. It's pretty slow, you know, uh -huh. at the beginning of your upkeep mill two cards, so you have to wait a whole round around the table. But I figured it's another way to use an enchantment to get cards in your graveyard to use Farika's ability. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I, I think 
as for as much as I considered some of the interactions with her ability, I might have undervalued in the brewing process, like cards that just made things go into your graveyard. Yeah. So like that's like mill on a body that's also an enchantment. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'll take it. Synergy. Yeah, and then you can also synergy. <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised, Chris. You do have very synergistic ideas. Well, you know. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I wanted to suggest this card because I think this is a really underplayed card type uh, just in general in Commander, and I think it fits particularly well here. I wanted to suggest Wild Growth. It's a green mana for an enchantment aura, enchant land. Whenever enchanted land is tapped for mana, it contr its controller adds an additional green. Oh, nice. Ramp. So, yeah, it's ramp on an enchantment on land, so it's kind of hard to remove, too. Wow, but who would remove lands? <laughs> well, <laughs> we've got a couple of stacks players that do uh, mass land destruction things, but I think if you're, if you're losing a wild growth out of that deal... Um, that's probably the least of your concerns. No, just quit magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, one downside about Wild Growth, kind of a downside, is that it costs a green mana and it adds a green mana, which means that if you play a forest and you enchant that forest, you now have two green mana. So it's not very good for fixing. Right. Um, there are other uh, there are other enchantments that um, create a mana of any color. It's like Utopia um, Sprawl. Ex exactly, yeah. yeah. So you could use any any of these effects, but I just think that it's a really good way to ramp and you're using enchantments. And then if you get it late game, it's still going to trigger your constellations or mm -hmm. you know, things. So it, you know, it's still like a one mana value enchantment that you're going to get some type of value out of too. Right. Yeah. I like it. Nice. Dude. All right. You did it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, one more. If I may, we're going from ramp to removal, baby. We're talking about Kenrith's Transformation. My second favorite R. <laughs> removal. <laughs> <laughs> Kenrith's Transformation is one in a green for an enchantment or an enchant creature. Not your own. Mm -hmm. When it, Kenrith's Transformation enters the battlefield, draw a card. Enchanted creature loses all abilities, and it's a green elk creature with base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. It loses all other card types and creature types. I like these effects more that they started adding, like, draw a card yeah. into it. Like, the cantrip yeah. is really nice. That's really what makes Kenrith's transformation. Like, it, you know, there, there's um, there's other ones like the, you know, Imprison in the Moon, Dark Steel Mutation. Lingify, there, right? Lingify is the yep. green one. Thank you. I couldn't think of that. Which are maybe more powerful in that they make the creature a land or make it indestructible. But yeah, this one just replaces itself. I think Kenrith's transformation is a bomb oh, it's, card. Yeah, totally passable for sure. Yeah. Like or a bomb card yeah. in an enchantress deck that needs a removal. Yeah. So that doesn't only rely on a Doomwake Giant for that <laughs> removal. And again, not to be the the mean player, but it just shuts off your opponent's commander too. It doesn't kill it, go back to the command zone, it just sticks it on the board. Turns it into an elk. Got elked. Wow. Get elked. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. That's so sad. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oof. Well, that was fun. Why don't we talk a little bit about the gameplay and our experience with uh, running these decks? Can we call the amalgamation of triggers and plays that I had a gameplay experience? <laughs> I mean, you were playing the game. <laughs> I don't know. That's generous. Um, so this is the part where I would have said that... Uh, I expected the deck to do uh, Simic things. <laughs> but, but it's fine. Yeah. No, I I know Prosper gets a lot of, uh, you know, 
ribbing for for being just a popular commander. I know it's popular to make fun of things that people enjoy, but I think right. there is a lot to be said for how accessible he has made an archetype that I personally did not find accessible mm-hmm. in Magic, um, and that's Impulse or Exile right. Matters. Like right. I think part of my learning curve and journey as a magic player was getting to see the value in in impulsive plays right sure. and i think prosper uh tone bound is a good primer on how to do that because it's not just impulse you're getting a tangible benefit out of it so it's encouraging you to get more comfortable with playing fast and loose which is a different play style than what i'm used to yeah so it was a really fun experience yeah much less reactive than a lot of other types of play styles, right? Like right. it really, um, but like, I guess the payoff is, I mean, with Prosper, the payoff is you get card advantage and mana advantage by playing this play style. So yeah. that, that so, so he does get the training wheels for it. <laughs> but um, but it, it can also be really fun. I think too, um, we've seen a lot more cards with better impulse draw mm-hmm. recently too. Um you know, things like Commune with Lava, that's an older card, but there are cards like that that exile cards mm-hmm. and you have until the end of your next turn right. to play them, right? So, um... Is You Found a Prisoner like that? Or is that not... You, you, find you Find Prisoners, prisoners is... I think it's a, I think it's immediate It is immediate. I, I do know that there... What you're referring to, there are some cards that right. I noted you included in your deck list that were specifically that type of effect, but until next turn. Right. Jessica's Will. Right. Uh, Jessica's Will's this turn as well. It's not one, <laughs> but it's a great way to exile cards. Yeah, Jessica's Will. Oh my gosh, that card. Uh, um, yeah, and so I think, you know, the fact that, you know, we have Prosper and then we have better exile effects combined, it's, you know, I hope to see more cards like like Prosper in the future that really are, act as a good payoff. Yeah, and I, I have to give a lot of credit to the, the designers of this card too, because they... Like you said, it is mana, so it's ramp, and it's also mm-hmm. card draw, yep. in a sense. But it's done in a way that is very faithful to the color identity. Yeah. Which is cool. It's not just like, a, oh, this green card draws me a card. Yeah, because I played a creature or something. Yeah. It's like everybody's playing creatures. Everybody's playing lands, right? Yeah. yeah. This is a more unique play style. I think that the other downside, if you, if you want to even call it a downside, is that your opponents have access to the information too. Like they right. see what cards you exile. So that helps with the balancing. Like your opponents can kind of play around it a little bit. So yeah. it's not like an unfair advantage. Um, it's just like it's finally like at a point where it's a usable um, archetype. For every time that I did feel like I had information advantage from like playing against you playing Prosper and seeing like, oh shoot, you exiled your bolus to Citadel. Yeah. Like that's coming next turn. <laughs> ah. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. There have been other times where I, I did feel emboldened by that information too. So right, like the first time you put the first time you play uh, Prosper in a game your first exile trigger is a bolus citadel that you'll have no way to sure. cast. Like, I think that's fair. I yeah. So the, to the to the point that you made, like it is balanced in a way, but I do think that it also can be used to kind of like play mind games with your opponents, but also can not. 
it can it can it play can, games with you sure too. yeah and kind of backfire in that yeah. way right yeah no that's really that Words is are hard that's fair <laughs> right if i drew bolus citadel in that situation i would just have it in my hand and i right. could wait until i have the six mana to cast it um so there is that does help balance the strategy out a bit too yeah, yeah. but all that to say prosper's really fun if you haven't played it you should try it yeah. um i mean he's powerful um and especially if you build it in a way that kind of maximizes on treasure tokens that's one way to go about it but also to go back to what we said in the game or in the episode earlier like there are multiple paths that you could play in these colors that mm-hmm. do care about exile which i think is cool yeah love that yeah um what i didn't love though was <laughs> during the game when i did have an academy manufacturer and a Zoran online and a sculpting steel that copied the academy manufacturer <laughs> like that Whoops. wasn't a joke that was a thing that happened and i think it's a testament to your deck building alone Too that much i synergy <laughs> that i was able to still somehow stumble into a win it wasn't pretty <laughs> um it was uh, essentially i also had the the harnfell horn yep, uh, that's out right. So what I was able to do during that game is I would discard a card, exile two, play just any spell that was exiled, and immediately be mana positive because right. two academy manu- academy manufacturers with a Zorn would allow me to create so many treasure right. tokens that it doesn't matter. <laughs> Every card in your deck is Dockside Extortionist. <laughs> pretty, pretty. <laughs> we did it. We broke Dockside. <laughs> Which was one card that I exiled. <laughs> I think I got it pretty earlier in that game too. So yeah. it was... Uh, which is great because it cared about enchantments. <laughs> I actually forgot about that with Dockside until no, you didn't. played it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have a ton of enchantments. Ding. Everything is an enchantment." Yeah, um, it was crazy. I mean, so you can get some some rules, you know, questions like how many of each token were were being generated, yeah. but. That's not, you don't have to. And I don't recommend that you play that way. <laughs> you didn't yeah. have to copy the Academy yeah. Manufacturer. Just do yourself a favor and, and copy the Aetherflux instead. <laughs> Can win twice as fast that yeah, way. Yeah, twice as fast. Or gain, you know, that much life. It was funny, though, because the food tokens did end up being relevant in our game. That's, which... what, that's what puts you over the top of the life total, that right? That is what I was finally able to do to bring you. Was you down or was it another player in our pod? It might have been yeah. Jay Clay. Yeah. I think um, I think you got us both right at the end right. of it. That's true. Um, yeah, I think um, <laughs> yeah. Th- right, it was down to a one to one at one on one at that point, wasn't Didn't it? Didn't he have a hundred and twenty life at one point? So I aetherfluxed him and then had to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> he played that card. It's a green card, five mana. Every time an an, an artifact enters the graveyard, gain five life good anti-prosper tech yeah <laughs> unless you have two academy <laughs> bit of a meta call um but you definitely needed to remove that to win to to beat him out so oh and i did yeah <laughs> yeah it was a good time uh what, what about you what were some of your thoughts about the experience with sharika farika <laughs> shakira <laughs> <laughs> these hips don't lie <laughs> these enchantments don't lie <laughs> uh Farika was really really cool i mean i said it at the beginning i loved that i love the restriction that you put on this deck mm-hmm. like what a cool like that's one of the fun things about commander like you can build decks that are high, like th- this one had synergy but what i uh, you can build things that are 
all combos just meant to win like or you can take the deck building approach to say no these are the limitations i'm putting on the deck it could be anything it could be budget it could be card rarity mm-hmm. um or it could be let's build golgari enchantress with uh, Uma- yeah. umami uh umami <laughs> umari <laughs> umari yes. uh, companion i thought it was pretty savory yeah oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that's spice um i mean i love enchantress as an archetype so playing in golgari is a really really cool way to go because usually you know you're playing mm-hmm. either um a selesnia or maybe bant i mean it, it they are it is like enchantress is branching out a bit more but to play golgari yeah. was was really was really cool and i i said it at the beginning too i love playing the gods too i think right. you know the gods are a really cool card type and really really fun way to, i did to i do think i had nylea and erebos in there too yep so i think you had both erebos can never Big have too fan. many gods of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Aegon. <laughs> you weren't an enchant, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it didn't quite make the cut. Yeah. Um, I wonder what would Fyrika be. So Fyrika has not been is one that has not been like reimagined. No, uh, you she know, didn't. In Theros or, or anything. What would what would the new Fyrika be? Oh my gosh. Um... Ooh, maybe like a negative one negative counter with proliferate. Ooh, gross. Right? I'm thinking like snakes generally have like death touch, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking negative one counters because infect or whatever. Yep. Um, so maybe like that would be a direction to go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or you just rip the ability from Ophiomancer. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> Functional reprint. <laughs> uh, only it's an enchantment snake. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, it would be cool. I, I do. I, it would be nice to return to return to return to Theros at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here. I would I would hope that you know the the gods that didn't get reimagined in this most recent go around would be revisited. So we'll see right. how all this ages. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us in uh, 15 sets from now. 15 yeah. sets from now. <laughs> I mean that's what that's like, only three years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're funny. <laughs> Uh, good stuff, Chris. Yeah, it was a blast to play. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, thanks for building that deck. That was super. I did not see that coming. So. Yeah, thanks for playing. No one, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some commanders to reveal. Some, I, some exciting ones too. Yes, um, we're peeling back the curtain a little bit in the sense that you may understand our recording schedule now. But <laughs> there was a new um, commander from Commander Legends Baldur's Gate that was spoiled. Right. Today, actually. It was spoiled today. So that actually makes one of two uh, commanders that have been officially spoiled for the upcoming Baldur's Gate set. And and we are talking um, official preview cards yeah. here. Um, and so we thought, what an opportunity to jump in. Let's just play them. Ahead of time and play them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, do you want to go first? Let's jump in. Yeah. The commander that I'll be building for you, Taylor, is... One that was spoiled just today. Zevlor, Elturel Exile. <laughs> That's what? his name. <laughs> it's one in a Grixis, so one blue, black, Ugh. red for a legendary creature, Tiefling Warrior. Hey, Tiefling. Wow. All right. Relevant. We don't plan this <laughs> unless we do. <laughs> um, this one's got haste. It also has an activated ability, pay two and tap. When you next cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single opponent or a single permanent and opponent controls this turn, for each other opponent, choose that player or a permanent they control, copy that spell, and the copy targets the chosen player or permanent. 
it's it's this set sonata <laughs> it is oh my gosh <laughs> yep it's another um it's another way to yeah make uh spells that are designed in a certain way kind of affect you know the table differently oh my gosh it, it is actually like the anti-hanata it's because it's grixis versus jeskai and then they both yeah i don't know yeah they're kind of like spooky opposites in that way yeah. um i was trying to think of the, the word um so <laughs> i was said spooky <laughs> <laughs> diametrically opposed there we go um so i was looking for cards that targeted a single player and there are a ton of them spoilers and grixis there's like 500 of them at least based on my scryfall and that's Maybe better the ones that discard <laughs> uh, oh. The card that I found that is probably a bad magic card and like, uh, you know, bad magic card in like most commander decks is mm-hmm. Blightning. Uh, one, a black and a red for a sorcery. Mm-hmm. Blightning deals three damage to target player. That player discards two cards. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are there. It is discard. Unbelievable. So now we're playing one, a black and a red. We're paying two and tapping Zevlor. So we're paying five mana total, but we're dealing nine damage and it's a six for one. Why do you always build me decks that to play that make me feel like a bad person <laughs> <laughs> for playing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm here on the receiving end the one that's like discarding all of my cards yeah i don't know what did i get myself into here yeah clearly our friend carter the rabbit and mascot for the channel um officially as of right now (laughs) uh is not a fan because he's over here booping my foot (laughs) hashtag carter needs some attention (laughs) carter more like discarder (laughs) i'm so sorry bud we'll get him on camera at some point today's not that not that day no (laughs) Got to get all the way up here on the table. He can. Yeah. He can He's hop. got hops though. Yeah, not as high as a regal caracal though. <laughs> <laughs> what is that like? Three hundred feet in the air? It's like two stories. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. All right, Taylor. Well, um, what commander will you be building for next week's episode? Well, for next week's episode, there was exactly one other option. <laughs> <laughs> so, spoiler: I will be building Minsk and Boo, Timeless nice. Heroes. Uh, two generic red green legendary planeswalker minsk when minsk and boo timeless heroes enters the battlefield and at the beginning of your upkeep you may create boo maybe that's where the spooky came from <laughs> a legendary one one red hamster creature token with trample and haste put three plus one plus oh the plus one ability excuse me is put yep. three plus one plus one counters on up to one target creature with trample or haste the minus two sacrifice a creature when you do minsk and boo timeless hero deals x damage to any target where x is that creature's power if the sacrifice creature was a hamster draw x cards <laughs> messed up man it's <laughs> pretty brutal um and minsk and boo timeless heroes can be your commander so yeah it's a wow. and this is an example of a planeswalker that doesn't necessarily have an ultimate um he just likes throwing his hamster around <laughs> and then creating another one next yeah. turn it's very flavorful it's yeah. kind of um well you, you're, he's not eating the hamster he's throwing it Chris. it's like oh yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> i mean that would just be morbid yeah, that's like... just messed up man. <laughs> loyalty three <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this. Uh, I I think it's kind of poetic that for as much as I love Fling, you'll get to play the Fling Commander deck. <laughs> yeah, you get to build it. Do you do you like Fling? I've, I love Fling. Oh, I've heard yeah. that. It's not just a Fling. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I digress. But what would a Commander be? And I think it's just cool that this is a Planeswalker Commander too. Cool. Great that they're bringing that back. Yeah. What would a Commander be without a, a card to go along with it? The showcase card being Kodama of the West Tree, 
two and a green legendary creature spirit with reach modified creatures you control have trample equipment auras you control encounters are modifications um, whenever a modified creature you control deals combat damage to a player search your library for a basic land card put it onto the battlefield tapped then shuffle uh, it's a is, three three is it combat damage oh combat damage mm, yeah mm-hmm. yep. okay um so you won't be getting it off of the sacrifice triggers from the Minsk minus two ability, but you do get a guaranteed hasty trampler every turn. Yeah, which is huge synergy. I love that because I think the other thing is Minsk um, can only target creatures with trample or, or haste, haste right? Yeah. So being able to modify, like having a modified creature, having Kodama of the West Tree, mm-hmm. and then you're able to use that plus one. Maybe not on Boo, you know, right. this, this turn. Maybe there's a better... Whoa, sorry. <laughs> okay. A little foreshadowing there. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> that was a most delayed jump scare in the history of YouTube. Bo! Okay, you did it! I wasn't going to do it! I wasn't going to do it. He did it. Villain. Uh, we did it. 